This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron with me back in the studio together for the first time and it feels like a month. It's, it's, it's a beautiful TriCast. That's right. It's Dave and Barnabas. <laughs> Here. Thank you for that. Well, Dave's We're back. back. We're back. Uh, it's well, like it's like it's like the first few scenes of Die Hard, essentially. That's what it is, right? Pretty here. much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Thank you. No. So Barnabas, are you I mean, seriously, now it's been a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh are you feeling holier? Um uh, or should we more, let the podcast more like guilty than anything? Yeah. More guilty okay. than feeling guilt? I, like Good. convicted or mm-hmm. kind of mostly just I'm the same person doing things in which I'm supposed to be holier. Okay. And so oh, the oh. the disparity between my morality and the expectations of me has increased. Yeah. So are, like let's play out a situation and someone says something that's they don't think is inappropriate, but you do. And so you say, that's what she said. And then, okay, do, like, like, you want to say that, say, but try, do you? I was trying to figure out if I'm supposed to be reprimanding yes. them or laughing at them. Right, that's what I mean. Th- therein lies the tension. Like, do they, do they truly do do know you? I think that's really what it right. comes down to. It really depends on who the person is. I'm still figuring out. You know, there, there are people who are these very, like, gentle, sincere people. And I have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> Because everything that naturally comes to mind in a situation like you described, like if a person is hurting, that's a different situation. But like if they say something and they don't mean it, but it's a very like, it's just a joke on a tee just waiting to be hit. It's very hard for me not to to tee off, if you will. So you're like uh, mm. like uh, Todd Packer's face when he looks at Michael and just mm-hmm. kind of gives him the nod. But you, yeah. you're not sure if you should say right. it. I, but need, you, yeah. I, need, I need a third person. In mm-hmm. this situation, to be the one who I kind of give the nod to, <laughs> so that I'm sort of tacitly participating, but not verbally <laughs> uh, making myself guilty. But isn't that like <laughs> incriminating? This is that's like the, word. the best example. At the end of the day, we all are a bunch of middle schoolers, and we we're trying to play grown up here. All right, but then they we need our people <laughs> to be able to say, you know what? It's okay, and you give them the Todd Packer nod. That's really what you need. Well, you see, need the Todd how, Packer nod. That's how visits to HR happen, and you know. <laughs> well, we're not. Well, all, we're not crowd, all middle though. school that's bullies, true. and we're not mm. all like. Right. There's different versions of middle schoolers. There's like, there's like just the nerdy little middle schooler who likes to laugh at things. Aaron, you're the nerdy little middle schooler. I, I'm not going to deny that. There's there's like friendly, kind middle schoolers who also like giggle at fart jokes and stuff. Yeah. There's there's a whole variety. You don't have to be the middle school bully who's like out to destroy everybody's lives. Those people need to go to HR and be summarily dealt with. No, no, no. All right. So let's let's unpack this real quick. So we've identified which two we are in these three. Does that make you the middle school bully? Well, here's the thing. I would almost guarantee you that whatever you think I am now is not – like you would not peg what I was in middle school because I was like – 
a average height chubby kid who was not overly social mm-hmm. uh in at least in school i was you weren't watching any tv right i remember I, yeah, right? I, loved, I loved sports and like didn't really didn't wasn't and read a lot of books it's like yeah. sports and books in middle school are an interesting combination usually your sports or books mm, that's right, true so and i really didn't like the kids i went to school with which that part is still true still relatively antisocial right. if i'm not interested in the crowd so in the movie Sandlot, which kid are you at that age? Because that's roughly the age we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Probably uh, like – Are you the Hambino? No. He was way too like c- center of attention. Yeah. Like I was – I had a sense of humor, but I wasn't like – I wasn't the like the run the crowd kind of – I was probably more like De Nunes. Yeah, the, yeah, The yeah. pitcher. Pitcher. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's there. He's making an impact. He's, he's a good, good player. Part part of the whole not, thing, but not like the guy. Okay, definitely not squints. Yeah, not squints. That's funny. Definitely not uh, Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Benny the Jet man. N- nor was I. Nor was I. Scotty Smalls. <laughs> and then the other characters kind of didn't do anything. Yeah, uh, who was the tall guy yeah. who brought Shaw? Um, yeah, who threw? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, the whole throw-up scene. You it's been a long time yeah. since I watched it. Well, that's, I love that my movie. Girl, it's my great. girls love that movie. That should be an annual tradition, yeah. Aaron. Well, especially fa- now that you have welcomed yourself yeah. to our fine country. This is yeah. true. I am going to admit I have been failing as a parent. I have not shown this movie to my kids yet. Um, I don't even have words to describe your failure. Like, there's a lot of parental failures that are, you know, it's like, oh, I understand. Parenting is hard. To not show your kids the sandlot, you just deserve to be kicked. You know what we did? (laughs) Um, I think it was eighth eighth grade when it came out. But it – we talked our history. We were in, you know, 20th century history at that time. (laughs) We talked our teacher into doing a class trip to go see Sandlot. That's amazing. Because we were looking at the '60s, right? And so, like, what, <laughs> oh, what better nice. movie to like capture? What's it like growing up in the '60s? Yeah. So it was perfect. Was yeah. it '60s or was it late '50s? Uh, I think it's like early '60s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's it, like it, it's, it's know, not like Wonder Years you know, for the, Vietnam. There's and like it's the like, montage at the yeah. end where they give the bios of all the characters, yeah. and they're like, "So and so got real caught up in the '60s," and so right. my in my mind that was significantly later. But I guess if they were twelve like and it was like 60s. five years later, yeah. that still works. Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Anyway, greatest movie. I was not. I was not Ham Porter. Okay. All right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> all right, Dave. Which one would have you been? Which did you identify with? Probably would have been Smalls. I pro- I think so. Not Squints. I wasn't that funny. I, Squints I, I was had, also, had I was an also, overabundance of self-confidence he as did. well. Oh, yeah. I mean, just no win, Windy yes. Peppercorn. Just completely no baseless self-confidence, uh, and it totally worked for him. I know. He's one of the best characters. Been planning yeah. it for years. I never planned <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn. They had ten kids. You know, <laughs> Sorry. that's what, that's know. that's one of the greatest lines. I mean, there's a there's a, a plethora of it. I know. He goes, you know, Squints m- grew up married Wendy Peppercorn. They have ten children now, and then it just moves on to the next person. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I laugh at that one. Every time. That was a line directed straight at the parents who took their kids to that movie because the kids were like, okay. That fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a good line for a parent. Yeah. Right? But I was, uh, but I was like you. I was, uh, I was, I think I was, I lost my pudge like eighth grade, but like sixth, seventh grade, oh yeah, I was pudge. I was like center in basketball and 
I was, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. peaked early in life. That's it. I'm done. I got nothing left. <laughs> My I, athletic uh, peak was 13. Yeah. 13, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Mine was more like 17. Yeah. But, I, I was yeah. cut from freshman basketball, and I get, got the Michael Jordan story, and uh, I didn't come back. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's all right. But speaking of middle school bullies, yes. I see Aaron holding oh. a book. Whoa, I do, whoa. I do. Well, um, friends. Since we're here to talk about books. We are here to talk about books. And middle school bullies. <laughs> Absolutely. I got a special present for us. Uh, so there is a gentleman who. Um, that's generous. There's a male. <laughs> There's a male. Definitely a male. <laughs> he identifies as. I think still. I think yes. we can all identify him as one of those. Yes. Maybe probably of the toxic <laughs> variety. <laughs> Except he's not uh, what he was exactly, though, anymore, right? He's well, There's been revelations that he has shared about his faith journey. Yeah, whatever. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, we can, we can well, we parse just, that we'll out. We'll workshop that so another choose. time. Right, but, um, but your friend and mine, Mark Driscoll, has a new book from Oh, uh, We Charisma probably should House. have given a trigger warning before saying that. Sorry, oh, yes. listeners. Trigger warning. <laughs> So basically, Do I need to bleep that for those who've been watching. Start it over again. Yeah, we're yeah. Good. okay. Too late <laughs> for those who've been watching the news <laughs> and the 16-year-old Swedish girl going off on world leaders about <laughs> the Damn, climate. The video you tagged us in. <laughs> that was brilliant. It's so that good. Was so good. It's, a, it's a mashup of the, of the girl and Mark Driscoll criticizing. What is it? Is it Greta Thunberg? Yeah, yeah. Thunberg or and yeah. Then, and then uh, and then Mark Driscoll alternating how dare yous. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's this very like sort of I would call her pugnacious and pompous. That, yes. She has a sort of like a yeah. she does. That, that's it's why a she's very like condescending. Whereas he's like this screaming abusive alcoholic <laughs> who's like, "How dare you!" And it's just very <laughs> like, aggressive. Like, like I have a gif of that scene from him preaching. <laughs> the <laughs> difference is okay, but the difference. But who sold it better? Who wore it better? Oh, here's the thing. Driscoll's pretty timeless. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah. But, His, but I mean, yeah. she, she's she's making a name for herself. Like they're, they're, well, she is, but hers was reading it off a of paper as opposed to coming from the heart. I think his came from the the posturing as well. Sure. I'm well. There's posturing either way. Yeah, yeah, To say his came from the heart is. Oh no no no! What I mean, like when I imagine a preacher yelling and it's coming from the heart, it's when, uh, it's when Matt Chandler went off several years ago about people who anonymously criticize pastors, and he called them. What did he call them? Something like you, you spineless, cowardly zeros. Mm. Except he was like yelling, and I was like, that, that. I don't think that was in his notes. That was strong. Mm-hmm. I think Driscoll was very calculated, and I think Greta Wutzer, yeah. Wutzer Norwegian mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> she's Swedish, is whatever. She's Swedish? It's whatever. all Scandinavian. Yeah. Sorry, Scandinavian. Minnesotans, I can't tell the difference between <laughs> yeah. the y'all. Good yeah. job being American. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I think pa- pawns and puppets, right there. You know, they both kind of serve their own. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Interest. So so anyway, <laughs> um, so Dr- Mark Driscoll. And his wife, Grace. Um, I'm trying to figure out which part of this she wrote. Um, but <laughs> they have written – they have released the, a new book. I have thoughts on that. Yes. But we can break it down in a future episode. Absolutely. In fact, we have three copies of this book, one for each of us. Oh, what's, wow. Which book is it? What's it's the called yeah. Win Your War, Fight mm. in the Realm You Don't See for Freedom in the One You Do. Oh, I got to see this. 
That's so, pass them out. Pass them out. That's oh, a lot yeah. of gobbledygook. That's a lot of something. Oh, that's a lot of something. Well, he's using the same fonts uh, that he did in the past. So <laughs> what does that say? Well, you know, he's on brand. I guess so. so. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the interviews you guys have seen him on. So is he? He still has the anger. What, um, what's uh? No, he looks like somebody who's been to like anger, um, anger management. Yeah, and so he now knows how to sort of subdue it. But you're like, you oh, know, it's there. Yeah, under the certain, like, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're like sighing and serenity nowing in your car. Uh, be, but yeah, you're st- you're still on the brink of like snapping and throwing a microphone at somebody. What if we like this book? <laughs> Well, well, I guess we'll, we'll miss, find out. We'll miss it as a co-host, Dave. That's right. That's right. All right. So, listeners, right. when this when this idea was proposed that we would do an entire episode on Mark Driscoll's latest book, um, Dave was, how should we say this? I would say staunchly opposed. Yeah. He, he, and da- Dave is not Dave is not staunchly opposed to most ideas. Dave is a very Dave is a very gracious respondent to most ideas, at least in terms of like, well, like tell me more. Yeah, this was like right. no, so. No. So you will hear us uh, as we kind of dive into uh, authors in our industry. Okay, it's it's tricky ground because I like staying employed. This is all about member. Don't get fired. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but life we already stopped selling all his stuff I, well, like I three know, years ago. So we're good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we 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 haven't held back too much on on some authors that have mm-hmm. kind of gone off the bandwagon. Sure. So we're gonna put him in that category. Here's someone who's kind of left the tribe, so to speak. Yes. And has entered a whole new level of fun that we can. That's when they get criticized. Most well, oh, I know. I mean, this he's, is, this he's is... entered the stage where there's only one <laughs> publishing house that will touch him. So, <laughs> yeah, sure. yes. <laughs> well, it's because he got already, he already got paid by all the other ones. So, oh, except for except, except for this one. Yeah, this one never that touched him. Never, never touched him. Never published him. That is true. Probably stop using the word touch, Aaron. Oh gosh! <laughs> just, wow. Just can put that out there. <laughs> All right, so future well, episode. This is our teaser. Uh, for otherwise, future somebody's going to have to win their war against defilement. Yeah. That's Gosh. chapter eleven, everybody. Whenever you got to win a war. And uh, if we keep doing this, we're going to have to win our war against demonic sickness. I don't know what I don't know what that is. Man. But we'll find but out. I, we'll I intend find to find out. And here's the thing. So the way we convinced Dave to do this is that I told Dave he was allowed to give this book the same treatment that I gave the Notebook, which is. <laughs> To read about yeah. four and a half pages and then throw it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, right. <laughs> and, then, so, and then lose his temper the, yeah. on the podcast. Yes. You will not see red on, on Goodreads from me. Let's put it that well, way. Of course but not. I will uh, kindly uh, do a skim and I will read at least a chapter. How about that? I can promise you, know, you that. That's, Is that's that good respectful. All right. I, I appreciate that. That's good. You know, I mean, I'm already skimming it, and I'm I, I'm getting that that Driscoll anger <laughs> written inside See, I of me. A, I did a quick skim, and yeah. I'm like, uh, it, it's Swedish 16 year old anger. That's more what I have. Yeah, Swedish, Swedish 16 year old girl anger. That's in me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where it's not quite right, convincing, and uh, no, it's not. But, it's written all written down on a piece of paper. Yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like she's reading a teleprompter too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it well. was. All right. Sorry, I'm reading about father wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sort of half paying attention to y'all. That's fine. No, Shoveling right. out from an avalanche is a subheader in here. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll deal with that another Eight time. Eight reasons fear is a fraud. That sounds like a uh, blog post. Oh, okay. Well, 
People It'll be a quick do. afternoon read. So, um, all right. At Pastor Mark, we're coming for you. There we you will go. not be tagging him on this. That's for <laughs> Pride sure. comes from hell. Humility comes from heaven. Hmm. Just good times. Old statement. Good times. All right. Old well, we'll, we'll, so, we're going to put that to the side. Yeah, uh, that's, we're, we're uh, that's enough for, of that for now. Yeah, I'm going to put it squarely underneath this brand new book that I received from Andrew Peterson. Oh, yes. Well, from Dave by Andrew Peterson. Yes, that is Unless true. it's adorning the dark uh, because because this is one I actually want to read. Yes, it's good. And it looks and it's it the real. Look at the cover design on this. That it's that's really one. good. Well, yeah, who did this? Jade is the Jade Novak is the force behind it, right? Um, mm. And I'll just say this: if you can discover something unique about the cover that you cannot see in the light, you just let me know. There's my there's my oh. teaser. Does it glow in the dark? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe is it, like it does. Like a blacklight cover? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'm really like a CSI excited about this scenario. <laughs> so when, so when someone's usually are unappealing. <laughs> Whoa. What? Hey What's yo. on this book, Andrew? Hey yo. Whoa. It's okay. not adorning the dark. It's something else altogether. Uh, well, all right. Uh, so Dave got fired. Um, wow. Okay. It's been good, guys. Sorry, guys. It's been good. Okay. Gladwell. I was trying to find well, a topic that was safe for all of us, and apparently we won't finish this episode. You know what's episode. not safe for all of us? Microphones. Yeah. Oh, That's gosh. true. But you know what is safe for all of us? Table of Malcontents blend from Ligaris Roasters. Wow, that was a real not, nice. That's, yeah, nice really little, well done mm. to, to slide that product placement in there. I like and that. Yeah, you've been doing that really well lately. I like thank it. You. I like it a lot. Thank you. I so, pay attention to it. Like, speaking of the thing we weren't we're gonna, talking about, how about right. this other thing? And, and we'll, 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 we'll tease another sponsorship to come here. Yes, absolutely. Um, our friends at the Useful Group um, are partnering with us as we go forward. So you'll hear more about that later. Mm-hmm. But, absolutely. Uh, future episodes. How about yes. that? There you go. Yes. So, but we're grateful for them. Yeah. Yeah. They're good people. They were on the last couple episodes with us. And, That's right. Good. Yeah. yeah. Nick Wendelberry Reinerson. It got and, weird. Yeah, it got weird. It definitely did. Yeah. So, and then yeah. James Kennard. So yeah, that's right. Good times. Always All right. a good time. All right. All so, right. Dave, you yeah this had this an one idea. this one was my idea. All right. So this started with, of course, it'd been like four or five years, maybe five years since uh, Malcolm Gladwell came out with a book. His last one was David and Goliath, which I enjoyed. We, mm-hmm. We'll go into that in a second. But what's different about this new one is the last. I guess it's been four years. He started a podcast, Revisionist History, which I hope you guys have listened to. But also, mm-hmm. we have kind of a love hate. We've loved some of it, and there's some of it we have it's not very liked. Uneven. Yeah, I mean, like we love season one. Season two was good. That was all the race relations one history. That was, I think, most mm-hmm. of it. And then season three was like off the deep end bad. Um, it's like there was no no consistency to it it was the free brian williams uh, you know yeah season that's what i remember of I, it i, I don't just remember of, like anything else i just else. sort of gave up after cuz it just yeah they just sort of jumped around and then this season i dropped back in and was like oh they're still talking about french fries and taco bell oh gosh no right thanks. you're right yeah he can, you know here's the, at the end of the day Malcolm Gladwell talks about what's interesting in him and you know what so be it I'm sure there's people who come on here and like alright I'm done can't take any more of this but. see like he did a whole episode on how Pat Boone is the Taco Bell of rock music and and I was like you know what this should have been like a seven minute segment yeah it Not was the whole 45 episode. minutes at yeah. which point I was like you know what I vaguely want a seven-layer burrito and yeah. not to listen to Pat Boone. <laughs> I agree. The, he had or three really good episodes this season, which was how to think like a Jesuit, which I thought was fascinating. Like basically how to 
hard to use thorough reason to argue your points mm-hmm. and you know the way a Jesuit would approach something because they're talking about like key societal issues and how someone would look at it as very black and white yet a Jesuit would approach it in a more Socratic way to kind of walk people through that one was great because he didn't yeah. do most of the talking right no I mean the the priest he had on the it was a this uh, the 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 researcher and uh, and I can't remember else but it was it was good so he's he's hit or miss but also what has happened is so you know we teased I, we knew he was coming out with a book called Talking with Strangers but he teased it well um, throughout the podcast he even did like an excerpt of his last podcast of this season um, I already knew it was coming out but it was also yeah. I listened to the last episode not realizing it was an excerpt from his audiobook mm-hmm. and because it sounds exactly like revisionist history yeah so essentially I, I've not read the physical book I've only listened to the audiobook of talking with strangers but it is an eight nine hour uh, podcast that's really what it is so heavily produced when you instead of him quoting someone and like reading the quote himself he actually is you're hearing the audio of that person if it was archival or it was he actually went back and called the person to like get them to or they had actors and stuff like that yeah there's some they had actors you're right yeah. um but but for the most part it it's just heavily it's the most heavily produced audiobook we've probably heard aside and, from a full cast um yeah right right yeah. you're right like a th- uh theatrical like yeah thing uh, so but i thought i it really opens up the door for what audiobooks could be and even nick reinerson he texts me he's like dude we gotta talk about this because like you know he wants to do something like this and well that brings up a good question you know when you know an audiobook we listen to a lot of audiobooks we love audiobooks we hear mm-hmm. the author read or have a great uh voice uh who's hired to do it in it is a, a, a nice experience. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think what's great about Gladwell is that I expected it. Uh, you know, it's he'd, he'd yeah. like over multiple seasons, we just kind of expect, wow, Malcolm Gladwell, um, this shouldn't be a surprise, but it also I, yeah, absolutely I'm, fits When he him. launched the podcast, after listening to about one episode, I was like, oh, this is his next book. It yeah. just it just mm-hmm. listened like chapter, 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 yeah. chapter. And it kind of had the same narrative arc where he like pulls in these different seemingly unrelated things then is like, and here's a pseudo co- conclusion, yeah. which right. is what yes. he thrives on. You yes. Are, you are absolutely right. It's never a black and white ending. Um, so he has read all of his audiobooks before, I believe, because I've listened to all of them except for one and they are all read by him. So I'd have mm-hmm. to check the other one. But, um, but you know, he's he has one of those voices that, you kind of love and hate it, right? It, you know what I mean. Well, it's like, he's Canadian, some, so sorry. Well, I don't, I don't think that's that. There's, there's a piece of him that's a little nasally. I, you could call me nasally too, but, uh, but he, yeah, no, that's that's my other my habit. Sorry, but uh, I, I enjoy his voice. I think there's a curiosity to him that is what makes him interesting. But at the same time, I know some people are like, I can't stand listening to him anymore. Right. So, do you guys feel that way? Yes. Um, yeah, generally. But I mean, part of it is is because I find what I listen to him most with has been his podcast. And it is just it's so all over the place, like in terms of quality. So I just bought when you say quality, what do you mean the, like, of the topics he chooses? Yeah, it's just like either it's either I'm just completely uninterested or it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, so. I think you're right. Like there's some I realize like I'm just not interested in this. There's yeah. some like that's why like when we got to the Jesuit, you know, three part, I was like, man, this is great. Yeah. This is fascinating. See, stuff. I think what kills me about the podcast a little bit is what made his first two or three books really, really good is what you got out of them was a pretty tight narrative. Mm hmm. 
but based on what you knew was extensive research. The podcast yeah. is the research. Yes. So basically you're like you're you in – instead of eating the dish, you're in the kitchen with the cook watching us come together and you're like, wait, that goes in there? Yeah. That's not nearly as like this – and, and so it, it becomes – it just – it drags. It's not as – it's not as um, – I mean, it's not it's not as tightly edited. It's it is it's edited yeah. and produced, but like you're watching the research process of what in a book is is a is kind of an A to Z narrative, or really it's more like A to Q. He never gets all the way to Z, but it's uh, <laughs> a good way of describing. It. And, it's fair. And I'm like, I just I prefer that because yeah. he's such a good storyteller. So, for example, I saw him speak at a conference. Probably four or five years ago. Catalyst. It was right around the time of the yeah. release of David and Goliath. Yeah. Was the Catalyst, Catalyst, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you can remember yeah. if you were there. Um, and and so he just – he pulled a couple of these stories out of it, told them in a very engaging way and then sort of went, and so. Like these are the things we could potentially conclude. And it was really well done. You know, it was like 35, 40 minutes of that. He's way better in that format mm-hmm. than the – Let's mm-hmm. see what we're going to find out when we talk to a scientist at MIT about yeah. whatever vague thing that nobody understands, which always sounds a little bit like intellectual posturing to me. Mm. He he doesn't – he's likable enough as a Canadian that I'm like, I'll hang with him. But also he is very pompous and self-aggrandizing to in, in at times as well. So would you say like Jordan Peterson does not hold back like you either love or hate that guy, right? Right. So whereas sure. Malcolm Gladwell, it's foggier. Yeah. What do you think? Well, because Gladwell seems like he wants to be everybody's friend, but he always wants to be the smartest friend. Sure. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, come on over for tea. Oh, Let I me have... tell you about the origins of this tea. You're like, you know what? Shut the – shut yeah. up. Yeah. Shut up right now. I don't want tea. I want coffee. And I don't want to hear any stories about, you know, the history of this tea and where it came from yeah. and the Boston Tea Party and whatever else. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. I was at a conference in Cambridge this past week and it was fascinating because I, I had like four hours to kill before getting to the airport. So I, I Ubered over to uh, Harvard just to kind of walk around and have I, it. I didn't have it. Uh, and I. It's fascinating just kind of looking around. Hey, it's a very diverse place. Certainly everyone is brilliant there. Um, but, you know, it's also one of those places like a lot of universities can be. It's like overly PC and, and so on. You know, I went in the church, which is beautiful. Their memorial, I think it's memorial church, I can't remember. But it's no one in there, of course. But I looked outside and there is uh, – uh, the speakers are – there was an Amman <laughs> Aman, you know, the Islamic uh, pastor, essentially. Yeah, that's you Imam. Aman, yeah. that's Aman. Aman. Aman is a but, place uh, in Jordan. And also a model Amon. from the 1990s. Yes. Also what? Also David Bowie's <laughs> wife. Boy, we I just love went, we just <laughs> a deep cut trivia. Wow. Hey, look, another Canadian trying to be the smartest no. friend in the room. Thanks, yeah. Malcolm. Uh, but, you know, in a place like Harvard, they're, you know, they're thinking like, but, you know, to have a society like this, we need to be so accepting and like, you know, we're going to we're going to bring the best questions to the conversation, the best uh, uh, whatever. Um, I, 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 I definitely pick up on. Yeah, there's a, a bit of a pompous humility is, to him. If that is makes any talking sense. to strangers. That's what it's called. Talking yes, to strangers, talking right? to strangers. Is it worth my time? Um, 
I think you should do it for your listen to the audiobook for the sake of just um, it, it, you'll like some of it. You probably won't like all of it. Probably the way okay. you feel about the podcast. I think it's like it's. I mean, it's the podcast. I mean, it's it's like so many books that See, are here's the in problem. that. So here's the problem with an audiobook on that front. When you get to the parts you don't like, it's real hard what to like do? flip yeah. through yeah. to the parts you do. Like I give up on audiobooks when yeah. I get it, to the parts that yeah. I don't like. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is I, it'll, 17 it'll, minutes it'll, of boredom. Here's what it'll, it'll do. It will, you know, his point is we are generally very trusting in people, mm-hmm. um, especially people we don't know. We like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I mean, not everyone does, but for the that's most part very, we do. That's a very Canadian uh thesis sure, for this. Sure. I don't think that's true for most Americans. Well, you know, he actually he, does have it based on, he uses only American experiences. Yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. But, but he even goes into um, Chamberlain and other leaders meeting with Hitler and mm-hmm. coming back you know, in the years leading up to World yeah. War II you know, talking about, yeah. well, yeah, I believe him. I spent a lot of time with him, whereas there's other people who are just looking at pure behavior, studying him but not yeah. knowing him and saying, this guy is not going to right. honor his so, agreements. So he, he talks about, like, a few basic concepts that that um, we are – that we, as people, by and large, default to truth. The, so that's that assumption that people are being straight. They're being honest with their intentions. Um, that kind of thing, and we often, and we because of that, we um, we often miss the signals that are indicating that someone is full of it, um, and that we should be real, real careful. Full of what, Aaron? Well, you know, I don't. That's why I asked. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what's uh, what's this book that we're gonna read? Probably full of nonsense, mm. lies, bullshit. There you go. Okay, well, there there's you go. Your, good, good job editing on that <laughs> Thank one. Thank you. <laughs> to keep you on your Welcome toes. Welcome back. Barnabas. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's been so easy editing the last couple episodes, except for Dave's snorting coke. So yeah, you know, it's getting it's, to be it's that okay, season. It's, it's okay. We're gonna make right. it through. Fine, we're gonna make it through. Fine. So all right. Anyway, um, so we we default to truth. We um. Um, we also have this issue of really that we that we type people, and so um, so when people uh, do things that don't make sense to how we would expect they would they would, that's when that's those are those things that a lot cause us to misread people. So um, we assume that all because we assume that people telegraph their emotions the way that um, the way that sitcom actors do. Um, and he uses an example of the show Friends, um, as oh, awful yeah. as it is. Um, it was like reliving an episode. He kept describing it at length. But what he his yeah. point with it was is that you can you can know exactly what's going on without the sound being on because the actors are um, perfectly displaying what emotion is going on on their faces and in their, their body facial. language. Right um, where. People don't actually do that. Yeah. We think we do because we watch a lot of TV, yeah. but we actually don't. Yeah. So it's it's like a it's like a you know a movie that glosses over so much of reality. Yeah. Um, and we want to believe that's what it is, but it's not didn't really happen that way. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, look, I know that friends, I don't, I'm not seen, I've not watched a lot of friends. I didn't like it. You're but, a blessed man. <laughs> I know, but, uh, but I get it. Like that's how sitcoms work. It's all about like mindless entertainment, right? Which, sure. which is fine. Just but don't uh, make me think. Yeah. Don't make, yeah. Pers- yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we all have versions of it, but mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I would listen to the audiobook. And you know what? You got nothing to lose. Just yeah. get it in the library. And I, I would actually, honestly, I would I would take the f- physical book, uh, take a physical book out of the library instead and just do a quick highlight for the big ideas. And then if you want to read any of the illustrations. Man, I, wish just did te- I wish he just did TED Talk because so I could a, read Gladwell. Because it like, is a TED Talk. Yeah. I would like to read Gladwell the same way that I quote unquote read Simon Sinek, right. which is to say, watch the TED Talk or, yeah. or read the introduction and you've got the whole thing. Here, so here, in his here. case, read the conclusion and you've got the whole thing because he doesn't okay. give you any answers on what to do. Yeah. Well, let's go back to like what has made Malcolm Gladwell um, popular to most. So you start with, I think the first book was The Tipping Point. Yep. And so uh, people were, yes, was it the first? Point was the first. Was it? So, I yep. Blink was first. Nope, Blink, Blink was, was second. second. And then Outliers, then What the Dog Saw, and then David versus okay. Goliath, or David and Goliath. So tipping point is referred to often, like, you know, especially in marketing, we're like, yeah, when do we get to the point where we reach the tipping point? And sometimes it's like, all right, fine. They may not have read the book, but they certainly know what that means. Sure. When, when it's like that bucket of water that fills, you know, at the, you know, at the water park, and then suddenly it gets to that point. And it's that tipping point and then it splashes down on you. It's like, when does the marketing that we do saturate an audience well enough to where it becomes viral Ex- or explodes? Growth. Right, explosive yeah. growth. So we use that phrase often. Yes. Um, and yes. I mean, now, it's fine. He's using it talking about crime. Yeah, he's talking about crime. He's talking about now crack epidemic in Baltimore or DC. Yeah. Right. He ta- he's talking he about talks about marketing in it as well because he talks yeah. about uh, what were the shoes? Uh, oh hush yeah. Puppies. Um, no. Uh, uh, well, he talks about the guys the in Chelsea the uh, yeah. the fashion setters for shoes. But yeah, that's I think yeah. That's what and it so is. like mm-hmm. they went from a few people like yeah. to to this this yeah. trend. And so he he does use it in a marketing sense. But my recollection is that the whole point of it is that you can't you can't gin up a tipping point. Correct. Yeah, right. Correct. I mean, no, it's the same no, thing. Amount, no amount of marketing, his, no amount of money will, his will research, make a phenomenon. His research is almost – it's always retrospective, which I guess that research has to be because you're looking back at data. Sure. But it never is prescriptive. He doesn't have a yeah, single. What do you do with this? He doesn't have a single useful prescriptive thing to say mm-hmm. that's of substance in any of his books. Yeah, you're, you're, so does that mean he's basically the the equivalent of an emergent church pastor in the early two thousands? All right. I mean, so no, because he's he's at least I. He doesn't give you specific actions. He does give you real data. So, like, David, oh, there we go. There's David, the difference. David and Gold, yeah, he's not just making stuff up and asking Rob Belly questions. Um, <laughs> David and, was it David and Goliath? Was that yeah. the name of it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, David and Goliath actually did have some valuable things to say because it basically it it encourages you to lean into the thing. So, rather than trying to like follow market trends and pursue what the larger mm-hmm. companies are doing, sort of lean into your. The things that you perceive as a weakness, so lack of staff, lack of resources, lack of whatever in a business context, you can use those to be more agile to do different things. Like what you perceive as a weakness can be a strength, but it's not prescriptive in terms of how to do that. It's more just like here are a bunch of examples of how this has worked. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's there's usefulness there. You think – I mean you could apply that to a church context, a business context, whatever. 
Yeah. There's there's value in that. Mm-hmm. It, at the end of the day, exactly. It, when I read all these or listen to them, it, it's, it's about a different way of looking at things. It's all perspective. Yeah. That's ultimately all it is. I don't I don't think of it saying, oh, yeah, here are my three rules for right. how I should right. approach the situation. It's never been that. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you suddenly look at things like, oh, yeah, you understand the more beyond the concept of the tipping point. Outliers. Okay, so uh, – class of things so they you know the the think of here's your canadian story right it's about hockey players right sure so they talk about you know in the nhl the majority of players who were born in canada are generally born within the first half of the year they were born because they're going to be the bigger stronger kids who are given more opportunities so in other words we're born january to like april yeah most of them are within that bracket those who were born in september october december of that year they're clearly growing up there's a big difference there's you know mm-hmm. in terms of size maturity uh that one year can make in fourth grade yeah you know for someone and thus that has determined everything for a potential nhl hockey player growing up in canada i yeah. u.s i don't know how it works but he mainly they just, just import canada. Them from canada they so just import so. them yeah or minnesota plenty, or from minnesota. or from you know russia or or russia and, and <laughs> anywhere in the eastern one eastern Sweden. european no. yeah yeah absolutely yeah so no but it's uh but oh yeah so i i, I it's fascinating because um, even looking at all right, so Ainsley plays uh, select soccer, and she is on that young end of the age bracket. It works the exact same way. Yeah, and we've got girls on our team that are born January to April. These girls, first of all, they are a grade older. On top of that, they're also much taller, and may, you know, could be more developed in the sense of skills in that way. Yeah. So it is there is a difference right there. You can mm-hmm. just see it. There are there's a bunch of teams within her age bracket, but essentially. I know there's no girl born after, I don't know, July that essentially is on like the premier teams. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there could be an exception out there, but the reality is that's just, that's, that's just what you get. Now, as they get older, I know that'll change a little bit, but it also determines how my daughter feels about it. Just saying, I'm not on the top team, I'm on this middle Mm -hmm. team for this period. How am I ever going to make it to this when these girls are so much bigger than I am? And Well, the point that Gladwell so makes in talking about that is that if these things are determined at ages like six, seven, eight years old, you then get these select players. So all January through March, first quarter of the year, those are the ones who then get to go to the select teams. They have the more invested coaching. They have the better training programs, better yes. facilities. So yeah. by the time they're 17 and 18 and all of these things have leveled out, because if you're 17 and a half yeah. and I'm 17, we're the exact same stage of development. Absolutely. Yes. And I'll tell you this. But what, at eight and a half and eight, you're what, not. What yes. he described is exactly the same as select soccer in the United States. Yes. It's exactly the same. And it's, yet, it's, Canadian no. hockey is good and soccer in the U.S. It's, sucks. Yeah, so well, somehow it's not, not exactly not the same. Not for women. Not women's, that's true. Thank that's you a good point. Much. Yeah. But, but I'm Men. sure men's is going to be similar. But the point is it hasn't come. We get too many other things to do in this country. There you get go. Too many other sports to, there, to, to lose, to lose at the yeah. World Cup at because we uh, just lost the Basketball World Cup. To, I know, man. Well, we didn't even get make it to the final game. So. I know. Good for we kind of need this every decade to say, okay, we might want to actually we, play our best send players. Good players. Yeah, I know. Mm. That's, yeah, but even what was it? What I like was Heron's it? disinterested. I know. He's mm. Mm. That's, talking, that's, sorry, that's I'm gonna, sports. I'm going to read about winning my war. That's nice. He's that's winning nice. his war against sports. Right. 
I'm All winning right, my so war against coveting. Against? No. How about against, against mispronunciation? All right. Do we want to talk about any more Gladwell Defile. books? Or do we want to no, go into that's or, or do we want to workshop a new you know, title to suggest? All right. Yes, so here, let's do this that. is where this right. actually started. So there we go. All right. So I remember when I was reading uh, or whatever, listening to the book, I started like searching Gladwell, and then I saw all these fake book covers with new titles and subtitles <laughs> for Gladwell books, mm. and they're the funniest thing. I'm not going to read them. Well, I'll read one so so that we don't copy it. Just, just, just yeah. to so get us, get us one, pointed in the right so, direction. Yeah. So all of his yeah. covers have it's all they're white and they have one single image to them. That's a lot of business books, by the way, this way. That's like the trend. Like one little image so you know what it is. Yep. But it's like simple text in a mm-hmm. serif. And so like here's an example of one. It says blank. It just has a book open with blank pages. It says by the author of the tipping point. And then the subtitle is 300 empty pages to fill with your own expletive theories. Um, that's like a like there's about two dozen of ones just like that. So what would be our suggested Gladwell title? Well, what topic should it be? <laughs> what about uh, um, hmm. it has to be like a single word or a couple words or uh, you know at most. So like hmm. uh, subtitles <laughs> just called subtitles. Or euphemism. Well, you could use you can you can get up to three you can get up to three words in his titles. You can on some of them, but he's at blank. He's at outliers. Yes. So I'm, talking, just, I'm just saying you can David, talking with David strangers. and Goliath. Yeah, David and Goliath. He's at three. I yeah. think no more than three. That's yeah. been the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be any anything <sighs> like that. <laughs> Most of the ones that are fake on here all are single titles. By the way, sure. <laughs> I think they just kind of took something and ran with it. Yeah, what think about Malcolm Gladwell, what he would want to talk about. And and users or listener users, listeners, if you have a suggestion, we would love to hear your next Gladwell one. Um what about something like we do so what they did with blank, you do at the tipping point, you call it like the flipping point. Mm. <laughs> and then the subject is just what is when the, when what, to flip pancakes? What is the flipping point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. Let's see here. What else we're uh, working with? What if you just did uh, one called Solo? And it's got a picture of Han Solo on there. <laughs> but it talks about individualism and and mm. individualism mm. is the new teamwork or something like that. Individualism uh, is the new teamwork. I don't know. <laughs> T. <laughs> T. Yeah, I, think, I think you should do – yeah. Because he did like a – he did a Me. whole episode or two on T and it was – Yeah. Yeah. It – I, that was when I was like, I'm not listening to his podcast. Yeah. It made yeah. me. It's the first time I've oh, genuinely disliked. I've yeah. genuinely disliked him. Yeah. After that, mm-hmm. I was like, I could not be friends with this guy. Yeah. Well, it was just because he drinks tea, isn't it? No, no. it has nothing to do with tea. That's just because Clint Presley <laughs> it, says, "Don't drink tea, drink coffee, Mister Crumpet." Does not mean that it was I think one of that. those that would be an interesting paragraph in a history book. You know what I mean? That's how I yeah, felt like about it, that. I said, here's what like tea two, was made like from during this page, era of colonialism. Like a two-page like subheader yeah. as part of another thing or yeah. like a call-out or something. Yeah, there's a, there's a big difference. So, so. tea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's a subtitle <laughs> for this one? Here. <laughs> what, okay, so what are, the, what are the subtitles on his actual books? Well, you could right. actually use that Clint Presley line. Don't uh, drink coffee, coffee, not not tea, tea, Mr. Crumpet. All right, so I'll give you uh, David and Goliath. uh, The subtitle is Underdogs, Misfits, and the Art of Battling Giants. Okay. Mm. I like Um, when people use art for things that isn't art. It's really not, yeah. You don't – Outliers is just the story of success. 
I mean, that that's... T, the T. story of pretense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, all right, no, no. This, all right, this is my favorite subtitle of Gladwell. Blink, the power of thinking without thinking. That's a solid one. <laughs> it's like... That's good. It's, you know, it's the equivalent of... Of in Anchorman. Oh, no, no, the no, only no. way to know is that you know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> T. Self congratulatory sipping. Yes. 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 I like it. it. It's it's also like you know in Anchorman when uh, uh, Paul Rudd, your favorite character, you know when he's got uh, <laughs> every Sex Panther, he's yes. trying to. He's like sixty percent of the time it works every time. You know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> do not believe that. I'm right? not that, going I'm to. Just quoting I don't need a great to. scene. I right? don't need yeah. to. No, that. Yeah. What, what's his character's that, name? That fits in that. PG-11, that's fine. <sighs> he's the sports uh, guy who is... Um, yeah, he's the sports guy. Um, I'll tell you right now. Tell me and then I'm going to kick I myself. Know, I know. Shoot. Uh, no, here we go. Brian T. Fantana. Brian Fantana. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Sipping, Such a good name. Sipping your way to self-congratulation. <laughs> nice. That's, I nice. think that's what it is. Do you guys actually um, like tea at all? Occasionally. No. Occasionally. I, don't, I mean, when I'm not feeling well, yeah. when I'm right, in tea the is f- medicine. Yeah, tea is I, medicine, I, I or it's a thing that I will drink if somebody like serves it, and the polite mm-hmm. thing is yeah. to drink it. But if I will I've not had so much tea. coffee to the point like I just kind of need a little bit of a different taste in the afternoon, I will have it, but it's not a choice. I just then put sugar in my coffee. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then you violate. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And yeah. like if I've drunk, if I've drunk a pot of black yeah. coffee and I still need something else, then it's just coffee with. Yeah. Yes. Coffee plus. That's fair. I love it. It's fair. Um, um, Let's see what else. Oh, ooh, I get, uh, so I'm stealing from I'm stealing from something you've done in the past on this actually. Right. So I'm building giving you on, credit, not stealing. Yes, there you go. Building on. Uh, but uh, so we are with effort. us. Okay. The um, we are with us. <laughs> we're with us. We're 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 with us. We're Just with to, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The. I got you. Yeah, um, still counts as <laughs> that's, three. That's uh, the that is the uh, that's the the mark that our dear president calls a hyphen. Yes, oh, absolutely. Did you see that tweet? No, no, I don't. <laughs> he mixed up apostrophes and hyphens oh, and did a whole tweet on it, so and it was the best. Amazing. Anyway, okay, let's be careful here. Just to be clear, when I say our president, I'm not referring to Lifeway's president. He knows punctuation. I'm talking about Donald Trump because he doesn't. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Thank Aaron. you. Um, all right. So we're with us. The art of having uh, opinions about society without listening to anyone else. That's a lot of words. If we, how can we? How can we? It's a good concept. How do we? Okay. I'm just giving you the starting point. Right. So, titles are hard for me. This is my my cross to bear as a writer. It's um, your cross to bear. <laughs> I think so, it's your burden to discard more than mm. it is cross to bear. Let's go Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. There we go. Point. Thank you. Book reference. Sorry, well done. I'm, go- I'm going back to Donald Trump on Twitter. I have so, <laughs> I have careful, so careful. I know. I have so freaking little time, even on just to get on Twitter and share yeah. whatever. How in the world does? He, I mean, how much time is invested? He mm-hmm. and his person. He's well, got a person who does. I think some the of this safe too. answer is you can assume that if he's spending that much time on Twitter, not, he's not spending time doing things he ought to be doing. I know. All right, back to okay, your concept, sorry. Aaron. All right, let's, let's, I, stay I, in I, the, I got, I got let's lost. Keep going. Let's stay you in got the, me okay. looking for this tweet. So you I just can't. mute him. Don't get fired, Dave. And you mute anyone. You just mute politics on social it's media. It's very hard to do. People find their way around it. It's true. All right, so go. Uh, we're with us. I think I think we have to drop the art of. Yes. Although it's, it's a really good 
obnoxious construct. Right. Oh, having uh, having political opinions without actually discussing things. No, that doesn't work. That's lame. Sorry. We're with us reveling in our own opinions. Yes, there we about, go. Or you could say reveling in our own opinions about everything. Yes, even better. There we go. Well done. That's well good. done. All right, all right. That's that's a good winner. All right, I think we did it, guys. That's Dave, you look well like done. you had an idea. You, you no, got, no, I saw I a just, hand go up. I then got lost in looking at the other ones on the internet. Oh, here's with some of these. All right, I'll Give do us some, some more all goodness. Right, so... All right, we'll go with... Uh, I do get nervous when Dave gets lost looking at images on the internet, but, you know, that's All a right. separate thing. This yes. one is simply titled Vague. <laughs> <laughs> I like this person already. Uh, vague, the power of generalizations to impress the board. I mean, that that doesn't just sum up, you know, the power of well. generalizations. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. All right. Um, uh, I mean, you could... Oh, no. Here is one to power. How power powerfully powers power. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, Donald Trump would totally read that book. Yes. <laughs> this is the bigliest power book ever. Um, okay, let's see. I just had one in my mind. What was it? Um, the title is Pseudoscience, and the subtitle is, let's see. No. <laughs> How marketers oh, make pseudoscience. <laughs> Tricking common people into thinking they're smart. Ooh, Ooh. that's good. You know what? Wow. You could do. So, do you think underneath everything he's doing, he wants he wants people to use this as cocktail party conversation? He does. Malcolm, yeah, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell is the like. It it is the. You bring him up, and people are like, "Oh, have you read?" Mm-hmm. And it's the new it's it's Gladwell's latest theory. Everybody can understand it. You can summarize it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. So every single one of his books can be summarized in a sentence, although y'all took a lot longer to try to sum up whatever the talking to strangers one. Um, and so, yeah, it's it is like we could just call it Gladwell creating cocktail party conversations. I think that is his his memoir, his opus. I think that's I think that's going to be like a snarky one written about him by somebody Gen Z who's tired of their parents talking about Malcolm Gladwell. Could be so like on, one of my kids. For all right. Example. So on that note, should we? Can, uh, can I give you one more? Yes. I'm going to yeah. one more. When it, this make, is when the it makes you when it makes you like <laughs> giggle in the corner, I need to hear it. <laughs> it's yeah, that's one. This is going to get us fired. No, no, no. It's all right. <laughs> First of all, the image is a rabbi with scissors. So we're just going to start with. <laughs> The title it's called Sidewalks. The, the title is The Snipping Point. <laughs> Why the eighth day of Joshua's life will really, really suck. <laughs> Please post this picture. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, we have to end, we have to end this. We have to end this right now. Uh, we right. we can't go. We can't beat that. That was brilliant. I'm not sure "beat" uh, is the right word to use there, Aaron. But you know, have to see this this rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> Snip. Sorry. All right. We will post this one. This one's too good not to. So there you go. All right. All right. All let's right. land. Let's land this plane. Um, <laughs> all right. So. 
Well, guys, this was a good one. That was it. Got weird. Well done. That's what, that's what we do. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of that, you've updated the Twitter uh, profile yeah, description. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We so, uh, we have a new description for the podcast at so. Malcontents. So you have to yeah. check it out. Look yeah. at um at, at Malcontents. Yeah, listeners, let us know if you agree with that. Um, we're pretty sure you do because this is the feedback you guys give us. So, um, on that note, what are we reading, Dave? Well. Uh, recommended this tender land just finished it it's mm-hmm. uh, William Kent Kruger I think he wrote it he wrote Ordinary Grace which I feel like that's like his big book I think I think I need I've to never read that. heard of him or that book he yeah. until you brought it up I know yeah. he's written like 15 novels so I it's just one of those I hadn't but um, I got an arc at BEA and I finally am reading it I think it comes out like here in late September but uh, when we were recording this podcast but it's uh, it's kind of a modern day, you know, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer story. It's set in a small town, a boarding school for, uh, or really, it's just a school for orphaned Native American children. Hmm. And there's two white brothers who are thrown, you know, essentially are also orphaned and are thrown in the middle of it. And so, I won't ruin it. Besides, they escape, um, and they of course meet a cast of characters along the way as they try and literally try and escape down to St. Louis on a riverboat, mm. uh, their own canoes and everything else. And so, there are uh, confrontations. I'll mm. leave it at that. Okay. And it's great storytelling. Yeah, it's enjoyable. So this tender land. This tender land. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Really good. Sweet. Cool. Uh, I have been on a run of utterly crap books recently. That's unfortunate. Which is, yeah, Mm. it's a real bummer. So let me just list off a few books that you should not read, listeners. All right. Uh, Aaron, I owe you a pseudo-apology. Okay. Because I defended at a podcast we did many, many episodes ago, The Born Identity. Yes. Still defend that one. The rest of that series sucks. Yes, it, it gets one, so boring. Are these yes. ones that the author wrote or are these no, the, the extended these, series? They're just the first three, the Robert Logan okay, ones. Okay, okay. So right. I, I read Born Identity, enjoyed it. St- I, I reread it. Then I read The Born Supremacy and gave up halfway through because I'm like, it is a 900-page book. Well, that's a slight exaggeration, but only slight. And, and nothing happens. Yes. It should have been 300 brisk pages. It stinks. Uh, then I have been slogging my way through a book called The Soul and Paraphrase, a treasury of classical or classic devotional poetry mm. compiled by Leland Riken, which everything about that means sounds like it should be awesome. It's not. I don't like the poems that he picked because they're all the very like on the nose Christian poetry. Of course. From throughout the ages. But he also will do like eight in a row from a particular poet. So there's not like there's mm-hmm. not a ton of variety. And then there's like two pages of what is supposed to be devotional notes. And it reads like it's like a literary textbook on word usage and verbiage. And this is the imagery. And I'm like, you know what? This is if this is devotional for somebody, I think they need to reframe how they interact so with So do Jesus. they try and like do like insert like Dreyer's English into it? In the way they look at the poems, it, no, it's just everything is. So there's like okay. there's like vocab, and then there's and then there's just like structure of the poem, and then there's this is the devotional imagery. He reflects on heaven and hell and this structure, and you see this and this, and it feels it reads like class notes, right? And I just, the thing that got me was that it yeah. it just it was it was a completely unworshipful experience i was like this is sucking yeah. the joy out of this so i gave up on that one about two-thirds is, of the way is through. this your sucker punch as well 
It no, because to, here's huh. the thing. What, what frustrated me about this I think is the that, re- whole episode was a sucker punch. Yeah, it's I, think, I think we just stomped <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> on the ground. Um, I I really like and respect Leland Riken. And so this was disappointing to me because I, you know, when you really like somebody and they do a creative work that you don't like, it's it creates some tension, you know. Yeah. And so he was... He was at Wheaton when I was there. His son is now the president of Wheaton. Um, he, I mean, he taught there for like 40-something years, just beloved, and he's brilliant, and he's done so much great work on the literature of the Bible and different things. So I wanted to love this. Also, beautifully packaged book, like mm-hmm. the binding, the page layout, everything. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a joy to, to be in that book. But the mm-hmm. content was not great. It's no good. So, okay. Oh, and then here's another one not to read as long as you're going. The Hypnotist. Yeah by Lars Kepler. Uh-huh. So it's another, it's a Swedish author translated into English. I tend to have an affinity for Scandinavian authors. This is another crime drama, but it just, it really revels in like debauchery and darkness. And so I gave up on this one halfway through too. Cause so like when you read Stieg Larsson stuff, there is very dark things in it, but they yeah. are portrayed as dark and evil and heinous. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's a distinction. This is a lot of yeah. like, infidelity and sexual content and stuff that just is part of the story and it doesn't doesn't do anything to make the book better you and you again you kind of come away going i don't like any of the characters mm-hmm. nobody yeah. is worth rooting for here so yeah yeah, yeah don't read the hypnotist it's can, crappy can can, can stay not do yeah wow. so three three books three non not to read not okay <laughs> non recommendations okay there we go you know that's that's good though i mean we need to do that every once in a while is Tell people, hey, this is what we made. We read that was a also. Huge I gave mistake. up on all three of those, so I hope they give somebody permission to chuck the book yes. that they are slogging through that they absolutely don't like. Oh, Chuck, so. don't burn. Right? Well, some of them, unless it don't burn library books, but yeah, you know, thank you. If it's yours. You can, you know, and don't rally your friends to do it either because that's just that's right. That weird. gets a little that's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. What do you got here? Well, um, I just finished. Um, I just finished. Batman Volume Ten: Nightmares by Tom King. It's continuing on with his his does it long follow saga. Volume Nine? It does. Does it? Of course it does. Okay. And it's is and there a Volume Eleven? There is an, a Volume Eleven to come and a Volume Twelve as well. Right. So there you go. Just want to make sure I understood how this worked. Yes, it's one part of a very long story, um, and so it it would be complete. It would make completely no sense to anyone who hasn't read the previous nine which is to be expected um but it was very enjoyable it was kind of a um not quite a filler filler part it actually makes sense um in in the full context of the story of the 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 story that's going on but it was it was solid enjoyable uh i want to keep I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. But uh, I also started on a plane uh, going to uh, Kansas City this past week. Uh, the Cuckoo's Calling. Um, so the first in the uh, Quorum and Strike series. Yes. By Robert Galbraith slash J.K. Rowling. Yeah. So, and, and it's she, great. And, and she continues to publish under that name, under that series, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. I think there's four in print okay. right now. Four in there. And she said that she could see herself writing another 10. Well, it's it doesn't – the way the series is – yeah, it's very much like a Gabriel Allen or Mitch Rapp mm-hmm. or, you know, Harry Bosch or whatever. Where, like, each one – 
can wrap itself up, but the character interactions are such that it could go on and like their the story arcs could feed on. There are characters who can be recurring, etc. Yeah. So it yeah, I yeah. can see it being a fifteen book series when all is said and done if she wanted to do it. So I'm enjoying it a lot. I, it's, I need to it's read good fun. I need to read this. Where do I start? Uh start with the Cuckoo's Calling. Cuckoo's That's calling. the first one. That's the, okay. Yeah. So all right. They're yeah, they're, they're all enjoyable. But yeah. they're they're very much in the vein of just one of those sort of serialized criminal procedure yeah. type of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, right. so it's good times. All right. So, guys, uh, that's what we got for today. And uh, listeners, thanks for, for joining us for, for this. I uh, hope it wasn't too weird, but we do hope it was good. Uh, regardless, leave your five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And the we'll snipping talk to you later. point. Yeah, be sure to check out the snipping yes, point. Yes, and be sure to check out the snipping point. See ya. This is an area code podcast.